probably got head lice. Padded Room Podcast is on the air, you bitch! I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm coming in hostile on a Tuesday night. My name is Darian, I have returned for another week of horror goodness. It's a solo show tonight, inmates! Bang, 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 bang! Nobody, no Jason, nobody else, there's nobody here except for me. Good times. <laughs> Did I finally piss everybody off to the point of them quitting the show? I very well might have. Or, or, my kids might both have head lice, which is the real reason why nobody's here. And I don't blame them for one second. Uh, I checked myself. I do not have head lice. Uh, my wife is good. I got my in-laws over here. They don't have head lice. I stopped by my mom's house. They don't have head lice. Both my kids lice farmers is what they are they've got a good crop going this season and holy shit <laughs> i've been up uh i've been up for quite a while uh i didn't i i was up to 1 in the morning last night doing laundry and raking kids heads and applying salves and oils and tinctures to these fucking two knuckleheads uh dude the wildlife that is coming off of their scalps right now it's unsatisfactory you shouldn't have that many living organisms on your body at any one given time. Unless you're in the adult film industry, I think. I don't know. It's bad, dude. And uh, I told Jason and Buddy, they were like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't, wanna, I don't want any part of your headlights, so forget the whole thing. It's bad, dudes. It's real bad. Uh, I think we're going to be fine. We put the, the medicated shampoo on them. We washed everything. Uh, it was an all-day affair. And most of last night, also. So, parents, I know there's a few of you out there with kids. Uh, if you if your kid brings home the head lice, I think your your best bet is just to shave his or her head and burn the freaking house down. Because that, that's probably the easiest way out for you. And uh, I don't know, you might have to light the kid on fire too. Just to, you might just as a, as a precautionary, you know. That way, you want to make sure you get all of them. You don't know what kind of cracks and crevices these little bastards are hiding in. Just put, just, you know what? Just torch the whole scene. Forget it. Start over. Start over somewhere else. Get an assumed identity, a lice free assumed identity, and you'll be good to go. Well, that, that sucks, man. Uh, I got the creepy crawlies over here, and that's why I'm all by myself tonight. Um, other than that, not much else happening. Th- this neck of the woods, weather's been nuts here in uh, northern Nevada. 
A lot of rain today. Uh, snow spurries, flurries here and there. We get like the odd hour and a half of summertime, though, that pops out. Like today, as I was getting off work, blue skies, sunshine, temperature like in the 60s. Uh, in the time it took me to drive from my office to my house, torrential downpour, of course, co- accompanied by probably 40 to 45 mile an hour winds. Because, you know, it's the end of the world. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you want a tornado on there just to, just to further impact things? So, I th- you know what I should do? I should just put the kids outside, let the tornado blow all the head lice off them, and then the rain will be like, a, like an automatic rinse cycle, right? And then if they survive, <laughs> then they're good to go. Oh, God damn it. I'm not going to do that. Don't call CPS. Don't. Hey, put your phone down. I can see you reaching for your phone to call CPS. Just forget it. It's a joke. God damn it. All right. Well, Jason is not here. He does not want the creepy crawlies in his beard. Uh, neither does Buddy. Um, neither do I. But I am legally obligated to be here. Uh, so, sorry. Hopefully, I don't I don't know how long these fucking things last. The, the head lice, where do they come back every couple months or so? I don't know. I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna vacuum the kids. I'm gonna, va- I'm gonna have them lay down on the on the rug. I'll run the Roomba over them, and then uh, I think that that'll probably help. I think, right? Unless they get out of the vacuum, I'll vacuum the kids and then I'll light the vacuum on fire. I think that's the best thing to do. Now I'm gonna, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. All right. I have uh, talked myself into a corner here. <laughs> I got horror news. I got listener mail. I got all the usual shit, inmates. So uh, if you haven't already deleted this episode because Jason's not here, um, bear with me. I'm going to go ahead and do a regular show starting with some horror news. You motherfuckers. Horror news. Woo! Woo! I'm going to hit puberty any day now. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I've got some very exciting news for you. And this comes directly from our very own Padded Room correspondent. Uh, The one and only, the beautiful, the talented, the no longer living in Nevada... Miss Monica, she has uh, reached out to us with a link uh, as of this morning, and I'm going to tell you exactly what it says. A uh, new alien movie has begun filming in Budapest. Now, this is technically Hungarian uh, horror news, courtesy of Miss Monica. Um, looks like this is the Fidi Alvarez uh, directed uh, situation here. I'm not sure what what exactly his role is. And this link, to be honest with you, doesn't tell me a whole lot of anything other than that it, that it has actually begun filming. So, um, number one, let's not get our hopes up because, you know, uh, we've had talks of other sequels and prequels. And how long have we been talking about another Crow movie that wasn't going to suck a bag of dicks? And we've yet to see one. So, let's not... Let's not get our hopes up just yet, but this is promising that it actually has begun filming. I'm excited. Monica is clearly excited. Monica, if you're listening, babe, dude, uh, let's Skype you in. Let's do something. I, you, I don't think you can get head lice over Skype. I could be wrong about that. Uh, maybe we'll set our computers on fire after we're done. Something I don't know. 
Uh, but thank you very much, Miss Monica, for uh, chiming in there and for continuing to be part of the show. She is out there, inmate, somewhere, uh, Idaho, I believe. So I don't know. Hopefully she hasn't been abducted by like a Mormon cult or um, is lost in a potato field. I think they have potatoes or is like uh, has been like uh, hypnotized by that blue football field they have up there at uh, Boise State, that thing gives me a headache whenever it's on TV. Am I the only one that experiences that? Probably. All right. Thank you very much, Miss Monica. Uh, Glad to still have you part of the Padded Room family here. What else we got? Trailers are up for Cocaine Shark inmates. It's a shark that is on cocaine. Now, how does that work? I don't know. I watched the trailer. They look dumb as shit. Um... It, it, it's just a, an, another cash grab, you know, trying to ride the coattails of Cocaine Bear, which is kicking all kinds of ass at the box office. But uh, I think this is, this is going to be the new thing, Animals on Drugs. Uh, last week we talked about Meth Gator. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, I don't know, Novocaine Koala Bear. A koala bear with a very sore mouth. Um, what else? Uh, how about uh, how about Xanax beetles? They're happy as shit. <laughs> I don't care, man. I'm, I've heard good things about cocaine bear. Uh, these knockoffs are never good. They're never a good thing. Any anytime you see a movie with that asylum logo on the on the thumbnail, just skip right the fuck over it. You don't need it. What else we got here? Screenbox is launching their first horror series. It's called The Island, and it is uh, some kind of a post-apocalyptic situation. So, apparently, Screenbox is stepping up there, or attempting to step up their game. Now, I was a, a subscriber to Screenbox a long time ago. 15 bucks a month for that motherfucker, and the movies on there were absolute crap. They had, like, a bunch of public domain stuff, and just a random smattering of like um, B-list style horror movies. I I held on. I don't know why, but I held on for probably about a year, and then I cut it loose. And uh, like five years later, now they're popping up with all this other stuff. You know what I think it is, dudes. Now that I think about it, Screenbox is partly owned by Bloody Disgusting. Uh, there's not a whole lot of places on the internet to get horror, like reliable horror news. So I go to bloody disgusting all the time and it's just smattered with screen box, um, pop-ups and advertisements and what's new on screen box, screen box, screen box, screen box. So that probably has a lot to do with it. Uh, what else we got here? The exorcist has wrapped filming. Now this is supposed to be a quote unquote redo of the exorcist. Um, I don't have high hopes. I'm going to be honest with you. This is also supposed to be the starting point of a trilogy of Exorcist movies. So, assuming that this being the quote-unquote redo, uh, does that mean we're going to get a redo of Exorcist Heretic? Because that movie was poo. That was poo-poo. I wouldn't mind seeing some kind of a reiteration of Exorcist 3, which was actually very good, I thought. Um, but I, uh, you know, Exorcist Dominion, what the hell? I, I, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I get it. It was supposed to be like this prequel thing, but uh, I don't know, man. Oh, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, Space Lab 9. 
Does anybody know what the hell Space Lab 9 is? Me neither. Some kind of a musical ensemble. They are releasing a vinyl soundtrack for the Splatterhouse video game series. Now, a couple of things on this. Number one, I am not a, a vinyl collector, but I might have to be for this one. I couldn't tell you one thing or sing one tune from the Splatterhouse video games. Well, I probably could if I heard them, though. Uh, I was one of the original owners of the long-dead-and-buried TurboGrafx-16. Does anybody remember these fucking things? This was the main competitor with the Sega Genesis circa, I want to say, 1991, 92 area, somewhere in there. Um... It only lasted about uh, a, about a year, maybe two years, before it just went tits up. But um, that was like one of their, their staple games was the original Splatterhouse. Uh, they also had, I had, I had China Warrior, Legendary Axe, um, Keith Courage and Alpha Zones, which I thought was pretty hot shit. Uh, but the main thing was that the games didn't come on cartridges. They came on these little microchip things, which I also thought were badass because you could fit them in your back pocket and trade them like trading cards. Uh, not that it really matters. Now, also, there was, I believe, three original Splatterhouse games, and then Xbox 360 had a Splatterhouse release in which you could unlock uh, naked pictures of the character's girlfriend as you went. And I thought that was badass. I own that one. And that one's got like a heavy metal actual like soundtrack with like Slipknot on it. So that's pretty dope. Um, I'm not going to buy a record player. I'm not going to. I don't. I feel like if I get one vinyl record, then I must immediately go and buy like 600 of them just so that I can have that shelf. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's, that's how you get laid right there, my friends. Especially if you're a 40-year-old guy like me. You bring the chick over. She's probably like in her 20s and you show her the shelf of vinyl and all of a sudden you're the cool guy. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to do so, but if I were, then there's that. Lastly, it looks like Jenna Ortega is in talks to play Lydia's daughter in Beetlejuice 2. How do we feel about that shit, inmates? A Beetlejuice 2 possibility? Um, ah, shit. All right, well, um, see, that's another one we've been talking about for decades now. Another, a sequel to another 80s, um, uh, staple, Beetlejuice. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I guess we can go ahead and call Jenna Ortega ours, right? Because, uh, between the Scream movies, X, Wednesday, uh, now this, uh, possible, um, you know, Beetlejuice 2 thing. I think she's she's rapidly becoming horror royalty, and I approve, my friends. I love, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Jenna Ortega guy. She, In my opinion, she is the only uh, saving grace of Scream 5. Um, Lydia's daughter, though. So I guess we're going we're gonna to pick up with the Deets modern day. We can't bring Jeffrey Jones back. He's a pedophile, so he can't... I don't think he can act in Hollywood anymore. Um... We have to bring Michael Keaton back as Beetlejuice, which I'm sure he's, you know, able to play. It's not like he's a big fat guy or anything. Um, what else do you do? Alec Baldwin? No, no, you do not. 
You, he is, uh, he's got some problems. Um, what's her name there? Uh, not Gina Gershon, but the other Gina Davis. Uh, I mean, she's not going to look anything like she used to. So I think your best bet is to stick with, um, Winona Ryder and then her daughter, apparently who, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of already losing interest. You have to go back to that house, I assume, right? The small town, um, I'm just spitballing here, inmates. I don't. I I guess it could work. You got to get Tim Burton involved to some degree. He's got to handle like the artistic direction. Um, you probably want to get some writers in there, like some good ones, because it, it, this could potentially piss a lot of people off. There's a lot of uh, the Cure fans that would really hate it if you shit up this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of hot topic employees out there that could potentially boycott your film if you fuck this up. <laughs> all right, inmates, that's all we got on the horror news. I am ready for some listener mail. I hope you are. Listener mail. Yes, sir. I got emails. I got voicemails. I caught. I got all kinds of things happening here. Uh, let's see here. Let's start things off. All the way in Sydney, Australia. Here comes team. Subject line: Most hated films ever. Hey guys, how are you? Looking great as always. Just a quick one this week. I wanted to give you my top three. Most hated films. Funny enough, all my films come from 2017. Number three, Kuso. A film by Flying Lotus that wasn't much of a film, but more scenes put together. I have seen, Tim, I have seen Kuso. Um, I have to agree with you. It's not really, it's not really a movie. There's no discernible plot. Uh, if you read the synopsis, it says something about like a major earthquake banging Los Angeles, but you would never know that to watch it. It's more like abstract art, and uh, I, 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 I can't say I hated it. I just turned it off because I didn't fucking get it. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I feel like a lot of people act like they love Cuso because it's like. I don't know. Oh, it's so progressive, man. It's ahead of its time. But yeah, bullshit. You're just trying to be cool. All right. Number two, Happy Death Day. I cannot stand this film from the characters to the story. It's just dumb and I don't get the love for it. Um, I'm, you know, it's, I'm fine with it. I saw it. It's, uh, it's like a Groundhog's Day with a horror twist. Uh, I remember Cake Wolf really loved it. I thought it was fine. Uh, number one, The Mummy, 2017. Fuck you, Darian. I feel like that's I'm going to get a lot of that. <laughs> I am still the only guy that stands up for Tom Cruise's mummy, and that's fine. I will continue to do so. That's it for me. Much love to all, especially Jason XOXO. Thank you very much, Tim. Always a pleasure to hear from you, my friend. Uh, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, Graveyard. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Just a quick note today as I'm on graveyard shift this week and wanted to pop in. That fucking sucks, cowboy. 
I did graveyard for about a year and change when I started uh, this job that I have now, and it will wreck you. Hopefully, you get off of that soon. Yeah, there's like these weird nutsack people out there that work graveyard jobs their whole lives and they just love it and they can't function in daylight hours. I don't know who these maniacs are, but it is not me. Fuck me up good. Uh, hopefully you all enjoyed our day of nicer weather before the storm. Yeah, it lasted about six hours, cowboy. Have a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. He's a gentleman and a scholar, that guy. Uh, let's get down to Bakersfield, California. Here comes Tony. Subject line, Darian would probably get his ass kicked by the white ninja. Uh, I know what you're talking about, Tony, and that dude looked a lot tougher than I think we gave him credit for. So let's not uh, count out the white ninja just yet. Greetings, padded room. How's it going? How has the month of March been treating you so far? I have a question. Which is better, being so bad that it is good or intentionally being bad so that it is good? Maybe you talked about this last week, but honestly, I barely even listen to what Darian has to say anymore. I... Are, have you been hanging out with my wife, Tony? Because she does the exact same thing. Uh, Velocipastor was fine. It's what I expected, which was to be mildly entertained but not happy. I watched it. I wouldn't watch it more than once. There are better movies kind of like this. Kung Fury comes to mind. Megan was okay. I watched the unrated version. There was two scenes with blood in them. They didn't add anything to the overall effect of the movie. If you only watched the theatrical version, then you didn't miss anything. I didn't like the fact the actions by the doll weren't fleshed out in the story. As a viewer, we should be told what we need to know, even though we know that this doll has become self-aware and is now acting out of self-preservation. We still need to be told that. They never really go over that in the movie. Three on a, mo- three on a meat hook. Movies that I hate. This ought to be good. I don't think there's a movie called Darien about me, Tony. But if there was, I would assume the top spot on that meat hook. <laughs> uh, number three, Resident Evil franchise. I took a video game franchise that I love and then butchered the fuck out of the story and then they pissed on it. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, I, that is, I, I understand what you're saying, Tone. But, like, the trajectory of that franchise, that is the worst. First one, when it came out, was the shit, I thought. Second one, eh. And then after that, it was just like the log ride at Disneyland. Just just like that, man. Uh, I'm feeling you on that. Pet Cemetery remake, number two. The original was a favorite horror movie of mine as a kid. Don't do a remake just to do it. If you don't add something to the story, then don't do it. Switching the boy for the girl wasn't enough. Number one, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. I don't care what anyone says about the original, it's good, and I would argue that it's important to filmmaking today. It completely restarted the found footage genre. It's marketing campaign genius and is now copied all of the time. Book of Shadows is a pile of dog shit, and that did its best to ruin what was what the first movie created. Finally, I have a bunch of free time at work, so much that I have started charting exactly how much money I made while watching TV and movies at work. So far this month, I have logged 1,769 minutes in the runtime for a total of $667.50. 
I watched The House on Willow Street this week. I remember liking this a lot more when it first came out. The ghosts they see are pretty good, but the movie was a whole, as a whole isn't great. But I made just over $31 while watching it. Well, I think I hear a mountain lion. Better go. Tony. Uh, If Jason Harrell was here, Tony, he would be so proud of you. For clocking $667.50 while watching horror movies. Um... I I I uh I can't do that. I I used to be able to, but I can't anymore. Uh that's all we got on the emails. I got some voicemails here, bros. Let's see what these guys say. Let's start things off out in Wiley, Anderson, Indiana. Here comes Coop Nukem. Good evening, Darian and Jason. What's up, Coop? You guys are kicking ass and enjoying these uh wonderful uh Shit movies we're going to talk about real quick. Yeah. This, uh, three on a meat hook. What you got? Is the uh, most hated. Most hated, sir. So, uh, <clears throat> Darian, I know uh, two of these. You and I have discussed At uh, length, many, sir. many years ago. And, okay. Uh, two of these uh, I had actually acquired from a garage sale. That a boy. Uh, these came in VHS in a like a shoebox or something, mm. and uh, they were. I think they were unmarked. Me and a buddy, we were hoping they were pornos, and they ended up being two of the uh, the absolute worst shit movies I've ever seen. So, two of these. Uh, we got huh. number three is uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Okay, yeah. That one pissed me off so bad after it was over. <laughs> me and my buddy Aaron went outside. He pitched it to me, and I took an aluminum baseball bat and... Knocked it out of the Home park, run. busted it to pieces. Um, number two, Darian. Uh, yeah, this is uh, our uh, <laughs> Okinawa days. Uh, Demon Wind. The yeah, Demon Wind. a little bit of Okinawa Demon yeah. Wind and Bobby Drinky. So, yeah, that was bad. Uh, yeah, like I said, that's uh, about the only redeeming quality to Demon Wind was uh, we were having fun. <laughs> were we? That movie was <laughs> shit. Were we though? Anyway, really? And <laughs> my number one. Uh, I didn't think anything could dethrone Demon Wind, but that skin of Marink. Yeah. Man. Dude, I didn't even finish the whole thing. And I get it, man. I uh, I had like a migraine. Yeah. I was confused. As, Me uh, too. Why I even tried, well, <laughs> tried to watch that. I, I, I was confused as, was it a movie or an accident? <laughs> <laughs> man, that thing sucked. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. that's all I got. You guys have a wonderful evening, and uh, catch you on the next show. Bye now. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Coop. So, a couple of things about... Well, uh, I'm going to address Skinner Marink, and uh, I, I can't help you with Kiss and the Phantom of the Park. you got to be a Kiss fan, I assume, to, to enjoy those movies. Um, Demon Wind. That might be in the realm of so bad it's good. I could be wrong. It it kind of holds a special place in my heart just because, like Cooper said, dude, we were at Camp Hansen, Okinawa, me and Cooper and a bunch of other fucking jarheads, and the PX there has a video rental store attached, uh, VHS at the time. Um, anything you wanted uh, was already gone by the time you got turned to Liberty, and by the time you got there, like... The horror section comprised of three shelves, 
And we had already seen every one of those fucking movies, too. Death, I promise you that. But Demon Wind <laughs> was a movie that was so bad that you could get hammered to and heckle the piss out of. Is it so bad it's good? I, uh, I think it might just be so bad it's bad. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's like... There's tits in it, and there's like a weird uh, magician kung fu duo involved. You've probably seen it. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, Skinnamarink. Now that's a whole other a whole other creature right there. Um, I get I get the hype around it. I get the concept of it. The problem is there's not enough not enough meat on that bone to fill out a full length feature film, in my opinion. And watching it, you can only go back to your childhood for so long before you're like, oh, that's right, I'll just, why didn't somebody just turn the lights on? You know what I mean? So, that being said, sitting through an hour and a half of Skinnamarink, really, that shouldn't, that, you had me for about 10 minutes. After that, I squinted my way through it just to see what all the hubbub was about, and I was expecting something to fucking happen. Which it didn't, by the way. Um, by the time it was over, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't pissed off, but I was sure that that was not a good show to watch. Uh, sorry, I, I recommended it to Coop before I saw it, so sorry about that, Cooper. But uh, at least we can be uh, commiserators now, you and I and Jason. If Jason were here, he would punch punch us both in the face for even bringing up Skinnamarink. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Thanks for calling in, Coop, by the way. Let's get over to... Um, our main man in Alabama. Here comes Alan of the Cha-Cha. Padded Room, what's up? What's Hope up, everybody's Alan? doing good. I'm okay. Uh, Mr. Darian, are you Mother's Day? You got me. Um... Megan, I watched it uh, a couple weeks ago. I really liked it. It's not I bad. mean, it's very, very satirical, I think. Um, sure. Really entertaining. I kind of wish there had been more blood, even yeah. though I did watch the R-rated movie. So did I. Uh, or R-rated, unrated version, whatever. I wish there had been some more blood, but overall, I really liked it. Right. Uh, Meat Hook. Most hated, oh. buddy. What do you think? Number one... Diary of the Dead. I uh, agree. Dude, just like, I was so excited about that movie, and then it shit in my Mother eyes. Motherfuck. I Let's agree. See, number two. <clears throat> God, there's a lot of bad horror there movies is, out man. there that I don't like. <laughs> number two, Demon Wind. Oh! Um, doubling down on Demon Wind. I had real expectations for it, but yeah. it, it, it piece of shit um <laughs> it's true number three uh. <coughs> oh, excuse me um i guess i'll go with the uh remake of the ring i know you love it really man i was not scared i was just bored okay um there's others i don't like i i it could change but i definitely know diary of the dead is number yeah. one I agree. And Demon Wind will never change. It's <laughs> both those movies, man. They shit my eyes. Oh. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. Beautiful. Oh, the Loss of Pasture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I liked it, but I knew what I was getting into. And, you have um, to, right? I think 
You could have filmed that movie with the change in your car. <laughs> you probably that was a good have. One. Bye. Yep. Quick, quick trip to the old uh, Spirit Halloween store, and you're set. Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling in, Big Dog. Uh, what else we got here? We got a whole lot of Tom Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy, I'm going to do my best to play these in order. Let's start with this one, I believe. The man, the myth, the padded room legend, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey-yo! Hey-yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me, baby. Oh, I hope everyone is doing well. I don't I have you guys advice. are surviving the snow and uh, yeah. everything's all right up there. We're making it. Anyway, I wanted to get in real quick here. Um, what do you think? The meat hook. Most the, uh, hated. Most hated flicks. You know, I, I like that you differentiate between, like, the worst flicks sure. and the most hated flicks. There's yeah. definitely a difference in that, you know. Uh-huh. The, uh, I mean, it, of the flicks I'm going to mention now, there are worse flicks out there. But I want to know which ones These, these you ones hate. are the most hated ones. Exactly. That's a big difference, you know. I yeah, mean, totally. Like, you see a flick like Birdemic, and uh, you yeah, know, it's pretty bad. Right? It is. And you even mentioned that you think there might have been some CGI with the birds, that those weren't real birds? I'm here to tell you. I don't know, Darian. You I, think... I've seen that flick. I don't think that's CGI. You I think don't that's think so? Like, like paste, like kindergarten paste. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the only way you could get something that bad. Sure, but sure. not one of the most hated. Oh. Uh, anyway, so for the three on the meat hook, most hated. What you got? Let me get uh, Friday the 13th, uh, part nine. Okay. Jason goes to hell. Yeah, I get that. And I understand I, you know, that. there's particular reasons I hate this flick. I mean, Friday the 13th, my favorite, uh, my franchise. favorite franchise. Yeah, of course. You know, I love Jason. I, I, I like all the bad flicks, including, you know, all the flicks, including the bad flicks. Sure. But this one here fucking sucks. You jumped the shark. Part of the reason it sucks so much is that it opens so strong. Yeah. Um, it answers that SWAT question, team? you know, oh. what if, what if the whole world knew about Jason? You know, what would happen? You know, what would happen? Would the army go after Jason? Right. And you remember that the opening, you know, the girl taking a shower, very Friday the 13th oh, yeah. set up, but then find out she's like some fucking special agent, and then they all ambush Jason and shit. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, man, this is going to be incredible. <laughs> Where does it go from here? Yeah. And it, it goes right to fucking shit. Yeah, right I agree. Right to shit. I agree. Um. You know, the only good things about that flick are the opening and the very ending when Freddy Freddy's comes club, out yeah. and drags Jason's mask to hell. Uh-huh. Everything in between, fucking with all the mythos, fucking with all the mythology, yeah. deciding that only a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees. Yeah. So I guess, uh, fucking, what is it, Alice Steele's character? Yep. Or, Alice, it's Alice. And yeah. Friday 13.1 must have been a fucking Voorhees because she cut... Mama bore his head off. I, I mean, it was just a piece of fucking shit, you know? I agree. It just pissed me off. Anyway, all right. So number two. GP'd. He called back. Uh, I wanted to, I want to talk for a minute about that because there, that, I mean, that is like a cardinal sin that for some reason gets, uh, done over and over again in horror movie franchise. When you take the original mythos, especially of a winning franchise like Friday the 13th. Jason Voorhees 
we already know the backstory. We know where he came from. Uh, we know why he kills the kids. We, we, we know everything we need to know about him. All we need is a fresh group of kids in there for him to butcher. Why are we fucking around with that formula? It's a winning formula. We love it. But instead, they took it and they tried to turn him into a body hopper. And some kind of a fucking demonic thing that goes from a... Uh, come on, man. Come on. That... I. I understand, I'm not a huge Friday the 13th guy, I'm a, I'm a fan, obviously, but like that's not my favorite franchise, but I do understand the hatred for that one, um, they, they, they really screwed the pooch too, that's what I didn't care for the most about the new Candyman movie, I'm a Candyman guy, you know what I mean? I like to pretend that uh, Farewell to the Flesh and that other one never happened because they don't make a whole lot of sense. But I love me some Candyman and uh, Nia DaCosta kind of, I mean, she she kind of, like, you got to have Daniel Robitaille. That's the, that is the Candyman, you know what I mean? And they kind of, she kind of did the same thing to him and tried to make it like the social justice, uh, you know, um, kind of fucking rotating thing of whenever there is racial persecution the candy man emerges but not daniel robitaille but as this whoever it was that suffered the injustice and then you go from there come on man what do you you can't fuck around with that stuff you're gonna piss people off and i feel like that's what you did especially i don't think there's a better example than jason goes to hell to be honest with you i'm sure there is actually but that one was probably the worst Okay, I've blathered on long enough. Back to Tom Hardy. He called back. I think this is the next one. Gee, motherfucking pee, baby. Hell yeah. You know it. I, I gotta say, I thought I was gonna get further before I got GP. Yeah, no way. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll try and speed it up here. No, 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 um, no. The Suspiria remake. I Suspiria. hated this piece of shit. This Three fucking shit hours. dragged on for so fucking long. Yeah, man. And it took such a brilliant flick. It took a flick that, you know, had something different and unique about it. Totally. And what makes the new Suspiria remake unique is that it's the opposite of the original Suspiria. Instead of the bright colors and the loud music and sound, it's just very muted music very uh, gray yeah and he's just a fucking piece of shit man i need you know in three hours i'm sorry you, you change so much stuff about a flick when you do a remake why the fuck are you doing a remake it's an it's its own thing there that flick could have been its own thing Valid I, point. personally i wouldn't care for it that much but i wouldn't fucking hate it because it wasn't trying to capitalize on suspiria i mean right. it's just like some fucking jackass saying, I got this stupid fucking idea and nobody wants to fucking buy my stupid fucking movie. <laughs> so I, I'll slap the name Suspiria on it. I'll put enough connections to it. And here's your stupid fucking movie. Here's your entertainment. <laughs> I don't know, man. That one pissed me off. Good. I can feel the anger. And I tell you, man, for the top neat hook for me. Yeah. I, I initially, by the way, I was going to have, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre on this on this okay. list. Okay, I respect that. But 
I did say that I would give it another watch okay. because maybe I didn't get the satire, and that's and it's more clever than I thought. So I'm, I will not put it on this list. I will give hey, it. Hey, I'm not going to tell you watch, you're right or wrong. But, uh, one I just fucking watched. Okay, Halloween ends. Yeah, what a yeah. piece of fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say one of the things for me about most hated flicks. Yeah, is when they take shitload of money they, they they take a big budget okay to take this big of a piece this big of a dump it, yeah you it's... don't need a fucking halloween end budget to take that big of a fucking dump i think i can explain I mean, everything was bad i'm not making excuses from the, from the fucking dialogue to the characters no i agree legit one of the fucking characters dialogue was what's wrong babe you don't think you're going to have enough bandages to pack me up? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Who the fuck says that? What kind of goth fucking reject cocksucker says that shit? <laughs> and then, uh, uh Woo, hey, they killed anger. Billy. They killed you too because he sees fucking... GP'd again. GP'd again. Now, before... He called back, but before... Let's discuss these other movies. Re- just real quick. I don't want to... I don't want to lose the fire and the fury of Tom Hardy. But the Suspiria remake, I understand the hatred for that. I'm not a fan myself. Number one, did not need to be three fucking hours long. Number two, um, like Tom Hardy alluded to, kind of tried to recapture the spirit of the original Suspiria, but in an opposite fashion. Instead of the bright colors and the music, it was very drab, obviously. Tom Hardy already talked about this, but the biggest disappointment in my opinion, as far as the the Suspiria remake went, it was 90% dancer drama, 10% horror, in my opinion. Whereas the original was 90% horror, 10% dancer drama. But the real letdown of that movie was, in my opinion, the end uh, dance ritual, whatever you want to call it, that was stupid, man. That was really dumb. And I'll tell you this. I was actually looking. I watched all three hours of it, waiting for this big choreographed ensemble, thinking it was just going to blow my mind. It didn't. It was very silly. And even if it was something that was going to blow my mind, I never really got a good look at it because they were fucking around with the camera angles and the lighting the whole time. In the end, it just looked like a bunch of chicks running around in red dresses. I didn't get it. I was really excited for it until I saw it. Um, I did like it when that chick got pretzeled, though. That that was pretty cool. You don't see that every day. Um, I get that, man. Yeah. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to keep Tom Hardy waiting. He did call back a third time, and a fourth, I believe. <laughs> uh, here he comes again. Compete. Time to sorry. That's hell okay. Yeah. No, right. let me hear. Sorry, it. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking wrap this up, man. But you know, you, you got some of the stupidest fucking dialogue on there. You got some of the dumbest yeah. characters Halloween doing the ends. dumbest shit. Okay. And god damn it, what what is Halloween end? This is supposed to be the end of the franchise. This is the end. Fucking Michael Myers and fucking Laurie Strode right facing off. Yeah. This is it. Let's go. No, nope. we'll, we'll give you five minutes of that. that that's all now, you get, up, man. What's that fucking ending, man? That's bad, yeah. We don't do that here. Well, tonight we do. Okay, well, fuck it. Let's throw them in the 
the fucking trash compactor that we showed you early in the flick, you knew it was going to come back. Of course. <laughs> God damn, what a piece of shit. But I'm such a okay. stupid fucking movie, I'm going to save the mask? Get the fuck out right. of here, man. Right. That's a fucking big-ass piece of shit. The other thing that really pisses me off about that fucking flick oh. is people saying, oh, I tell you what, in a few years here, people are really going to appreciate it, kind of like Halloween 3, the way uh. that it, it went outside of a outside of the realms of what a slasher movie can be and examine fucking grief. Get the fuck out of here, man. Give me my fucking Michael Myers. Give me a slasher. I'm going to disagree with you. Fuck up. I agree. Well, I agree with that God part. damn, I apologize. I just, but one, no, one last I want to hear it. One more fucking bit of okay. being pissed off. Yeah. I got out and I caught the new scream. Oh, no. And God damn, if I had more time, I, I, this movie would probably make my fucking list. Oh, no. That it's bad. bad guys. Okay. I, I'm I'm a screen fan. I know you are. Apologist eating at times. Sure. This one is fucking bad. And is it Scream Three? Uh, bad? I'm gonna say Killer Killers, whichever one it is. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. These are the worst in the fucking franchise. Oh, no. And I mean in all ways. Oh at no. Being killers and just making fucking sense. I. Guys, do not waste your money going to the theater. Ah. Do not waste your money on demand. Wait till it's on some free fucking streaming right. site. Wait till right. you can pirate the shit. Don't fucking waste money on it. Don't give them any more of your money. It'll, yeah. I got to say one last thing, and I'm sorry, I'll try and fucking No, yeah, it up, give it to me. I think what's going to happen is this is going to be Scream's best selling or best uh, box oh, it's, office. Yeah, it's kicking ass. Um, at the, at the and box the reason office. being is it's kind of like the Elm Street thing. Okay. Where. You know, Elm Street 3 was turned out to be such a good flick. I went, whoa, fuck me. Yeah. And then Elm Street 4 turned out to be the best the best box office. Right. But it was based on the heat of Elm, Elm Street 3. 3. I think that's what's going to happen here. Okay. Uh, I think Elm, or pardon me, Scream 5 did enough. It wasn't that good, though. To, to bring back the core audience and to bring in new people. Ah. But it's Scream 6 is going to sell so well just because everyone expected. GP again. He he is on fire tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I get that. Uh, before we before we get into the Scream franchise, I think I know where we fucked up with the, the new Halloween trilogy. All right. The, the one that came out in 2018, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Halloween Kills, not bad. I thought not as good as uh, Halloween. Uh, Halloween ends, complete crap. And I think uh, every single person I've talked to has agreed. I don't know who the fuck uh, you're talking to, Tom Hardy, or what this this group of oh, it's going to be appreciated later. I've not heard that <laughs> argument from anybody I know anywhere. But I think I know where we fucked up with that, and that's that we started kicking them out one every year. And that's where you get fucked up. That's that's how I think the Saw franchise kind of went downhill. Because they wanted to put one out every single year uh, in the fall. And I think like five, six, seven, five, six, and 7 all came out within a year of each other. When, you're, when you rush your product, this is what you get. I'm just saying. Take your time. Write the, or better yet, write all three fucking movies up front. That way you can do Easter eggs, tie them in, do whatever you got to do, then make them, you know, and then release them on schedule. That's That would be my approach. Instead of being like, okay, we made one, it's a huge hit. Now we got to rush out to make another one because it's got to be out uh, in nine months. Uh, 
Okay, that, you're gonna fuck your, you're gonna fuck yourself up, is what you're gonna do. All right. Uh, uh, okay, about the Scream franchise and the new installment. You're right, Tom Hardy. You're absolutely right. Scream Six is kicking all kinds of ass at the box office. Um, this marketing campaign that they've launched—it's gone completely bananas. Uh, what beer koozies, popcorn buckets. You get a fucking phone call from Ghostface if you want. He's showing up in random towns. People taking pictures with him. Um, clearly, they're spending the money on this, uh, as opposed to Scream 5, which I think just went straight to Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. So whatever whatever money you're spent, you're going to make back. And you're right. It might be writing the heat of Scream 5. Scream 5 wasn't that fucking good, though, man. It really wasn't. I get I, You're bringing it to a new audience, and they're probably not expecting the multiple killers or the uh, the red herrings thrown in here and there. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I wasn't planning on rush, rushing out to see Scream 6. I'm sure it'll be on Peacock in a month or two. Maybe I'll check it out if I have time. Um, I, don't, I, I, I think I've kind of fallen out of love with Scream. I think Scream 1, Scream 4, uh, that's, that's really all I need, <laughs> to be honest with you. All right, he called back one more time. Here we go, Tom Hardy. Okay, I'm sorry, I can't keep doing this. No, no, give me it to me. saying that thing's a piece of fucking shit. I get it. All right, that's all. That and uh, hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in multiple times. Man, man, oh man, oh man, he hates himself some movies. <laughs> I love that about him. Right on, dudes. That is all I have on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Tony, Allen. Uh, Tim, Cowboy, anybody else that I forgot? Uh, now, unfortunately, my friends, it's Velocipastor time. They followed me home. The Velocipastor. A troubled priest. How long has it been since your last confession? Oh, it's been about two years. I do drugs, sell drugs, uh, murder people. Oh. Ah. Ah. A beautiful girl with a dark past. you turn into a dinosaur and eat something. What? Dinosaurs. You guys talk all the time about helping people. This might actually be the first time in your life you can. By what? Killing people? Yes! That's insane, Doug. God does not want people dead. Oh, I think God wants a lot of people dead. Yes, sir. It is Velocipastor from 2019, courtesy of Tony here on Clean Out Tony's uh, to-be-watch list. 
Tony, we got to talk about your Tubi watch list, buddy, because this is this is no good. It got five stars somehow on IMDb. Written and directed by Brennan Steer, stars Greg Cohen, uh, George Schwinzer in Janice Young. This movie is not rated. And this brings me to an interesting point. Well, one that actually Tony brought up earlier. Can a movie be intentionally bad enough to be good? I have to say no to that. Because you take a movie like uh, Birdemic. So bad it's good? I don't know. That's really subjective. But I feel like it definitely could land in that neighborhood. The reason why is because... The people involved with Birdemic, you could tell, were taking themselves seriously <laughs> and trying to put out a product. James Nguyen was trying to promote uh, ImaginePeace.org and educate us on uh, an inconvenient truth and uh, fucking electric cars or whatever. You know, he there was some passion there. God bless him. Did it turn out the way he wanted? No, obviously not. It was terrible. <clears throat> But that almost makes it better. Now, if you're going to make a movie with the intention of being so bad it's good, you got to put some effort into it, dudes. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I this, uh. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's get into this movie here. It's Velocipaster, goddammit. <laughs> As the name would entail. The good news is it's only an hour and ten minutes long, so. Uh, Tony, you could probably make about 23 bucks watching this one. Um, we start off with a young man, uh, a pastor, his name is Doug, uh, delivering a sermon. And then when he gets done with the sermon, he goes outside where his parents are waiting for him. And I believe they are, uh, killed in a car bomb type of a situation. Now, if you didn't already know by the title of the movie, Velocipastor, you're in for some dumb shit here, and we're going to hit you right in the face with it right off the get-go. Instead of showing the flaming car or the dead parents, all we get is an empty street with a sign that says, VFX Burning Car. As if to say, the burning car was supposed to be added later in post-production, but for whatever reason was not. Okay, alright. Now, this movie can be saved. All right, we're not we're not completely down the rabbit hole yet, although we will be by the time we see the end credits. But there are some things that could uh, that could save this movie. Um, they're not in here, so don't don't think that they will be. Uh, namely, breasts and gore. We get neither of those things in this film. Uh, from there, we get a lot of yelling and screaming from Doug, and then his uh, priest. Uh, mentor i guess whatever that guy's title is he comes out his name's Stuart. he's like come inside my son we will we will digress and talk about this and then they have like a some sacramental wine and good for them and then they're kind of getting hammered and then Stuart says my son to reaffirm your faith in god you must go where god would never go and if you find him there then that means that he is with you so Doug's like, what? My parents just got blown up. And he's like, yeah, go someplace where God can't find you. So Doug goes to China. Now, we know he's in China because he's walking around in the woods and he keeps saying, I'm in China. This is what China looks like. Oh, God, wow, this is some kind of China. And as he's lost in the woods uh, of China, 
presumably, yes, he keeps reminding us, a young lady uh, uh, is being pursued through the same woods, and then she gets struck by an arrow and goes down, and uh, Doug happens upon her and runs up to try to help her, and then she scratches him with a uh, raptor talon, what appears to be a raptor talon of some sort, and then he wakes up in a cold sweat back in the United States. Uh, so apparently that whole episode happened some time ago. Now we're going to pick up here in present day United States where uh, Doug has been scratched by the raptor talon uh, from the young lady. And then here comes Stuart. Hey, good thing you made it back from China. You just got that little scratch on you. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, you're right, though. There's no God in China. So there's that. And uh, it looks a lot like... Uh, a park in Southern California, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm back and I'm, I'm here to do the Lord's work and good stuff. Yeah. Uh, from there, we're going to cut to a young lady meandering about the outside of the church. She is a prostitute by the name of Carol. Now, um, we're going to know that she's a prostitute because she's got like a skimpy skirt on and she's smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I think at one point, like, she goes and talks to her pimp. We're going to meet her pimp also, a guy by the name of Frankie Mermaid, who uh, is doing his best impression of every pimp you've ever seen on TV, ever, uh, including The Simpsons. I think there was a pimp in The Simpsons once that would rival Frankie Mermaid in his pimpliness. Uh, so Frankie slaps her around a little bit, and he's like, where's my money? And she's like, ah, oh, I gotta go get it right now. And he's, he's like, what's my name? She's like, Frankie Mermaid? Why do they call me Frankie Mermaid? Because I'm swimming in bitches. <laughs> and then Carol takes off. So uh, basically what they're telling us is that this church is in a, a pretty shitty neighborhood. Uh, Doug gets up and he gets moving around. That's great. Um, Carol goes to work the quote-unquote park. Apparently, there's a park nearby, but it looks like the exact same woods from China. And who the hell is going out to the woods in the middle of the night uh, looking for a prostitute? Who the hell is going out to the woods in the middle of the night at all? Really, I don't know. Well, other than this particular prostitute. And uh, apparently, this is when the, uh, the transformation takes Doug, because he starts turning into the Velocity Pastor. <clears throat> By that, I mean... Uh, he gets kind of green and slimy and he runs around in a wife beater and then he runs out to the woods where Carol is turning her, attempting to turn her tricks. Uh, she gets accosted by, I guess, a robber, a possibly rapist type of a guy. And then, uh, Doug, who is nearby overhears this and he goes full Velocipastor and attacks the robber and eats him. And, um, Okay. <laughs> I, I I understand we didn't have a lot of money to make this movie, um, but maybe maybe a less is more approach would have been would have been better. And I get what you're doing here, Brennan Steer. You're trying to make a movie so bad it's good. You're trying to make uh, really what you're trying to do is make a straight comedy. I feel like uh, the problem is is that it's not very funny, and um, I don't know. <laughs> the humor just didn't hit for me. So, like, in this case, uh, the Velocid Pastor comes out, and uh, it's basically a guy in one of those those blow-up uh, dinosaur suits that you see all over TikTok, and he runs back and forth in front of the camera, 
and uh, the robber guy screams, and then you see a mannequin head fly off into the distance, and um, yeah, the, yeah, that 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 the, you see, there's like some talons flashing around, and then uh, Doug and Carol wake up in bed the next morning, and Carol's like, "Oh my God, you were amazing last night," and Doug's like, "Uh oh." Did we have sex? We shouldn't have had sex because I'm a priest. And she's like, no, you turned into a dinosaur and killed that guy that attacked me. And he's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That was, that was, it was just a dream. I just had a dream about that. And she's like, no, I'll show you the body. But Doug is naked, so he's got to wear one of her uh, hooker skirts to go look at the body. So I guess Carol just cover, covered the dead guy up with some leaves. She takes uh, Doug out there and shows it to him. And he's like, ah, shit. Well, I'm a priest. I can't be killing people, even if I am a dinosaur part-time. So uh, this is like a whole crisis of faith. And then Carol, the, the prostitute with the heart of gold, kind of talks him off the ledge. And she's like, look, there's some people that are real scumbags out here. And we could probably do without them. So how about you dinosaur it up and take care of those, those uh, scumbag guys. And that'll be great. Now, from there... We're going to cut back to China. And by China, I mean probably somebody's backyard that has a tent set up <laughs> and a couple of extras in ninja suits uh, throwing punches. And apparently what we have to sign off on is that there is a clan of ninjas that hunt quote-unquote dragon warriors. And uh, they were the ones that killed the girl with the bow and arrow as Doug was finding God in China. And uh, they're like, oh shit, one got away. She trans transferred the dragon warrior into that American. We need to track him down and kill him. And there's one puny white ninja who's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that, guys. That'll be great. But there's like a, a, a dragon, uh, like a ninja warrior master. And uh, yeah, look out for that guy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so that's, that's pretty gnarly. So now we're going to cut back to the United States. Uh, it's time for Doug to change into the raptor again. This time... Uh, it's in a uh, confessional booth where Frankie Mermaid is confessing to Doug all of his misdoings. Uh, I, pimp, I pimp women and I kill people sometimes and I sell drugs. And Oh, Padre, I hope you got a few minutes. I'm a, oh, and the other day I blew up uh, a car out right outside the church here. There was a couple of old people in it. And Doug realizes that Frankie Mermaid kills, killed his parents. So he goes Velociraptor on Frankie Mermaid and kills him. And then uh, Carol comes to see... Um, uh, Doug the next day and he's like oh I killed that pimp guy and she's like oh my god I hated him and they kiss and make out for a few minutes and then Doug is like no I can't I'm a priest I can't be touching chicks and stuff and then Stuart comes down and uh, he's going to try to console uh, Doug which is great he's like hey man uh, I heard about you know some of what you did and I saw what you did to the confession booth and the dead pimp in there um, I think we need to have you exercised so I'm going to take you to see, I can't get like a regular exorcism together, so uh, I'm going to take you to see my weird occultist friend uh, that I've known forever, because every Catholic priest has like an occultist guy in his pocket. So they go see this Altair guy, who uh, looks like he just walked out of a Cure music video, and, okay, For well, first off, we get a Vietnam flashback from Stuart, and I guess Altair's dad. Uh, where <laughs> they, uh, I don't know, uh, somehow Stewart's uh, girlfriend showed up in Vietnam and stepped on a landmine right before Altair's dad got killed. And now Stewart was like 
making sure that all his kid was okay, who is this guy, Altair, and now that's how they know each other. But we got like a 14-minute flashback of this nonsensical horse shit. Oh, daddy. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Uh, I think it was supposed to be funny. I didn't, I mean, I, dude, you gotta be, you gotta be in the right mood for Velocipaster. I clearly was not, all right? If you enjoyed it, then good for you. I'm never going to watch it again. Um, I, I, I don't know what we're doing here. You know what I mean? I get I get the concept of it. You want to make a, a ridiculous horror comedy movie. Okay, I'm with you on that. Um, if it's just about a priest that turns into a raptor. Okay, the second you show me the guy in the big blow-up dinosaur suit, I'm out. Because you've given up, my friend. You've given up. You've said, hey, I can't show you a, a real raptor, so this is the best I could do. Okay, you're, you're giving up. You, what you could do is do some things with lighting and, you know, try to make it at least, you know, show me some scales flashing by the camera real quick. Maybe, uh, I don't know, like a, some flesh tearing or something like that. Instead, you got a guy in a blow-up dinosaur suit, dude. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood. But it, this Jason loved this movie. I don't know why. Uh, apparently, Tony wasn't that mad at it. Um, here, you, you want to bring me back on board? Show me some boobs. Show me some actual boobs, uh, female, and throw some blood on them. And show me some guy really getting ripped apart. So put some some of your budget into into those two things. One of those two, or both, if you can afford it. And I'm back on board. You did neither. You did neither of those things. We got a, uh, what could have been probably a PG-13 rating on this son of a bitch. All right, anyway, <clears throat> back, back to the, um, the uh, exorcism after the weirdo flashback. Uh, Altair manages to chant out the raptor, and by that I mean make Doug transform, which he does, and then he goes flying off, b- breaking through the wall or whatever, off into the night. Very cool. Uh, from there, things get even t- <laughs> get even dumber because uh, he kills Stuart right right after he changes. He goes taking off and then kind of wakes up back at Carol's place. Good for him. Uh, Stuart doesn't actually die, though. Somehow, Stuart wakes up in China. Uh, he is now like part of the... He I guess he got taken back to the uh, Ninja Master's hut. And he's now got an eye patch on. He's like, what the hell am I doing here? And then the ninja master explains to him that uh, it's all a front for a drug smuggling operation. And then they kill Stuart. So that's great. Uh, About this time, back here in wherever we're at, uh, Doug and Carol decide, okay, enough with the priesthood. I'm just going to be a full-on bad guy, hunter, velociraptor thing. So that's when the ninja clan shows up here in the United States. Uh, and we find out the, the skinny white ninja, they get to um, Carol's apartment to looking for Doug. Carol and Doug at that point fight off a gang of ninjas in their underwear in a very ridiculous action sequence. I am blazing through a lot of this because there's a lot of exposition and there's a lot of montages here. <laughs> like the, the psychedelic uh, possibly having sex montage between Doug and Carol it, it kind of looks like the opening of the Brady Bunch, but with like weird uh, placards flying around and different like they're they're 
he's taking her bra off one second, then they're high-fiving in the park. What the fuck is going on here? Are they going to... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Um, anyway, make a long story short, they fight off the ninja attackers. Then they go to the... Uh, the they go, up, up, I'm assuming, back to China to the ninja camp. Well, this is where we find out that the skinny white ninja was actually Doug's younger brother because he had a younger brother this whole time. And uh, they basically fight off everybody and kill all the ninjas, including Doug's uh, younger brother. And then uh, Carol gets killed in the process. Very sad. And then uh, Doug kills the ninja master in like a four-minute sequence of him pulling a mannequin head off of a of a thing and doing a lot of grunting and screaming. And that's pretty much the end of your movie right there inmates. It's Velocid Pastor. All right. Now I get it. I wasn't in the mood for this. Um, I, I don't know what I need to get in the mood for this is what would smoke some weed or, uh, maybe a six pack of Heineken's. I don't know, but it, it like you, you can't set out to make a movie so bad. It's good. If that's your intention. I feel, I feel like you need to have some passion behind your project. I feel like you need to think you're making a good movie. Take, for example, like a Plan 9 from Outer Space. Horrible. Bad movie. Um, You couldn't convince Ed Wood of that during the filming of it. It had Bela Lugosi in it, for Christ's sakes. And this may not, this may not just be the movie for me. You know what I'm saying? There are movies out there that are absolutely terrible that I adore. I can't tell you why. I just do. Um, what do I got? Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolorama. I will never not watch that movie. I am Zozo, for Christ's sakes. I know it's bad. I know damn well it's bad, but I love it. I'll, I'll, I can't get enough of that one. This one? No. No, I th- you know what I think it is. I Am Zozo feels like a serious movie about a, a Ouija board haunting. Uh, Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolorama. I don't know. It's got the right the right mixture of boobs and blood, and uh, Velociraptor, Velocipastor does not. I'm going to say you skip this one. Uh, if I have piqued your curiosity, or if Tony has, it's presently streaming on uh, Tubi. Jason gave it 6 out of 10. I really wish he was here to defend it because I don't I don't know why I don't know why you would give it more than a three tops. Um, apparently, they're making Velocipastor two, so keep your pants on there, Tony. <laughs> Part two coming right at your face. All right, inmates, I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff here in a quick few.
Thank you very much. We appreciate you being here. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see you again very soon. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. I am back. You bitch! <laughs> That's very hostile. I am sorry. I, You know what? I, I watched... Um, Hellraiser. I'll get into that, but that just that that scene in Hellraiser where Julie is like, "You bitch!" <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I don't mean to throw that around so lightly. It's funny to me though. I love it when the the weird inflections on certain like lines in a script come out maybe a little maybe a little over the top, right? <laughs> All right, goddammit. Let me t- let me ask you guys something. Say you had the ability to change into any animal, what would it be? I go with either an owl or a raven or a crow. I'll t- to be honest with you, I don't know what the difference between a crow and a raven is. I'm sure there's some, you know, one of them has uh, three toes and one of them has four. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I definitely want to be something that flies, and uh, I don't know, something, something impressive looking. I don't want to be a bald eagle or anything like that. Uh, just a crow or an owl, I'll be fine, you know. I think they can spin their heads all the way around, if I'm not mistaken. All right, anyway, enough about that. Um, we got some, uh, stuff to get into, namely, three on a meat hook. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook. Top three horror comedies. I'm going to start this off. It's just me. I've also got Jason and Sarah's meat hooks here. They were kind enough to text me their uh, meat hooks before I started the show. But I'll do mine first. Number three, a little film called The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Love that movie. Um... Anything with David Koechner in it, you know, is going to be great. No, no matter how big his role is, uh, the adolescent humor of like being a a thirteen or fourteen year old in a zombie apocalypse with a stripper, tr- still trying to get your your uh, middle school crush on board and save the town during the zombie apocalypse, and scope some boobies along the way, all while dealing with your identity as a. a what is it, a lion cub or whatever, scout cub, cub scout, whatever. You know, it, it's, it's got a nice sprinkling of horror because you do have a zombie apocalypse, but you still have that ad- adolescent human, humor factor, which I'm a big fan of. Number two, for me, obvious, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. 
Uh, that really kind of broke ground on the accidental slasher subgenre, if that is such a thing. Um, redneck humor is always great. You know what I mean? And uh, watching the, these punk-ass kids accidentally kill themselves while continuing to blame Tucker and Dale for their own demises, is, it's it's hilarious. If you have, I know you've seen it, but go watch it again, for Christ's sakes, will you? Uh, my number one horror comedy of all time. Some of you may not see this as a horror comedy, but I sure do. It's Dead Snow. That is perfect. Number one, Nazi zombies. I'm already sold. Number two, enough gore to fill up this room a couple of times over. Number three, you got some weird sex stuff going on. The fat guy, the film nerd. He's the one that's getting laid in the outhouse, man. That never happens in a movie, ever. I love it. Uh, Those are my top three horror comedies. I got number one, Dead Snow. Number two, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Number three, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Let's see what Jason Harrell came in with for his uh, top three uh, horror comedies. Jason, number three, Return of the Living Dead. I like that one. Um, I saw that one way too young. And to be honest with you, it terrified me. I didn't really recognize it as a horror comedy. I think I was eight years old when I saw it the first time. I just saw it as straight horror. Uh, because that was the first time I'd saw seen zombies run at full speed. And uh, like use tools and radios and talk, for Christ's sakes. It scared the shit out of me. But still kind of horny for Linnea Quigley. So there's that. Number two. Deadstream, that one is pretty fucking funny. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. It's streaming on Shudder. Found footage, uh, probably the biggest vagina ever to grace a horror film screen. Locked in a haunted house overnight. There's there's a lot of good stuff. It's a great show. I would definitely recommend it. Number one, the classic Shaun of the Dead. Also a great show. You know that one's good. Uh, Sarah coming in. Number three, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I dig that. (laughs) I dig that, man. Um, Yeah, I guess you could call it more... Yeah, it's comedy, right? But like in a weird slapstick version kind of a way. Uh, Number two, Gremlins. I always saw that one as more of a kid's movie than anything else, you know? There's some comedic elements. Shooting Grandma out of the window on her weird uh, staircase launcher situation. Uh, you know, the, the Christmas mayhem. It's it's fine. Uh, number one, What We Do in the Shadows. That one probably should have been on my meat hook somewhere. Yeah, that one's funny as shit. And spawned, what, four seasons of a spinoff TV show? I don't think you can do any better than that one. Right on, Jason and Sarah. Thank you for uh, hitting me up with your meat hook. I would love to know what your top three uh, horror comedies are, inmates. Uh, Get me your meat hooks by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275 or the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're contemplating that, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? (laughs) 
what are you looking at? So, I know I said I wasn't going to do any rewatches, and I don't think this one should technically count. But, going against my own best judgment, I watched Birdemic Shock and Terror again, this time with the live riff track from 2012. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of things that we missed in in our first viewing of Birdemic Shock and Terror. Uh, the riff track guys, you know them, you love them. It's the three dudes that used to do um, Mystery Science Theater and uh, MXC. Um, uh, pretty much any of those riff track situations. They would periodically do a live show, which would be streamed live to various movie theaters around the country. This was one of them. Uh, they made Birdemic much more enjoyable. I will tell you that. And they pointed out a lot of things that we missed. And if you can stomach... Another viewing of Birdemic Shock and Terror. I highly recommend the riff track. It's streaming right now on Tubi uh, with the riff track if anybody wants to check that out. Hilarious stuff. Also watch The Boogeyman from 1982. This is my uh, attempting to catch up with the 80s uh, scenario. It is bananas. Uh, basically, you've got like a, I think a dead mom, a dead mom's dead boyfriend has come back to haunt the kids that killed him uh, through the mirror and uh, make basically wreak havoc on them uh, through the shards of a broken mirror. You've probably seen this one. Uh, I have not. It's not a bad show. It's full-on. It's early 80s horror. So plenty of nudity, plenty of gore. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense, but... You know what I mean? You're not watching this for, you know, to have your heartstrings tugged on or to get lost in some period piece. It's a 1980s uh, borderline slasher flick with all the TNA and blood included. You can't really go wrong. I think I saw this one on Tubi. Or no, this was on uh, Fossum. If anybody has the Fossum on their Roku. Fossum Horror, I think it was. Uh, It's there. So you can check that out. It's not bad. It's worth looking at if you're in the mood for early 80s horror. Definitely. Uh, I think there was like three or four sequels to this one, too. I could be wrong. That is all I'm looking at, inmates. How about some immersion therapy? Immersion Therapy So, Megan, from 2022. Not bad. Um, A lot of child drama. I'll give you that. And, you know, I don't mean to be a pervo, but I'm watching this and I'm thinking, if this toy does go to market, the only people that are going to buy it are going to be fucking pedophiles right (laughs) it's gonna be nasty and more to the point if this is the technology that we're gonna bring to the market how long until it gets made into a sex robot full-on like adult sex robot all probably less than a year until that son of a bitch comes out and then once that happens we're not gonna have a whole lot to go home to other than our sex robots all that was standing not a bad show I also watched the unrated version, 
even with the unrated uh, version, it wasn't like that. I wouldn't. I I don't know that I would call this a horror movie. It was more of like a uh, sci-fi situation. I would say. Um, I still think she could have used a Gatling gun or a flamethrower, and I would also have liked to have seen her like uh, go rogue and uh, attack a school or something like that. I don't know. Her her wire. She gets hacked. How about that? That would be cool, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe a uh, a German uh, terrorist hacks her, gets into her mainframe, and sets off explosions or something. I don't know. It, it was fine. Uh, me and the kids watched it. They got a kick out of it. Uh, my daughter would really like uh, Megan Dahl, only to give it uh, head lice. I don't know if head lice can live on a cyborg or not. Anyway, uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Children from 1980. Starring Martin Shakar and Gil Rogers. This guy is streaming presently on Peacock. Uh, I believe you can also find it on Tubi. Uh, Zombie kids in a weird way. And uh, I'll tell you more about this movie next week, but there is some sentimental value there. Um, Other than that, I think it's time to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, my brother and I get kind of lonely out here in the woods. Uh, My mom's okay, but she's a bit of a slave driver. We live in this disgusting shanty and eat uh, that aerosol cheese stuff, and uh, hygiene is a bit of a problem. But we do do some raping and murdering when the uh, opportunity arises. And wouldn't you know, here comes a group of girls on a some kind of reunion trip. Let's get to work there, uh, brother of mine. And maybe we can put on a skit for mom or something. I don't know. I am, of course, Mother's Day. Um, also, early 80s. That was back when you could use rape as a plot device. You know what I mean? I feel like you can't do that anymore. And even if you do, you have to understate it to the point of we're not even sure if the rape occurred or not. We just have to assume that she's pissed off uh, for other reasons and possibly somebody dropped a digit on her at some point. I don't know. I don't know. We It's a different time now, folks. But uh, that's a, you know what? That's a good point. Can we even have a rape revenge movie in 2023? Or is that somehow demeaning to women? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I maybe we should all put in like 50 bucks and make a rape revenge movie. I, I don't know. I'd probably get arrested. Um, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, my friends, I am a book editor. And if that isn't the most boring job in the world, I'm also an old book editor. And uh, I'm depressed. I'm on the verge of losing my job. My wife is cheating on me with the man I'm training to be my protege. Um... I think I know that she's cheating on me. I just don't think that I know that I'm willing to admit that I know that she's cheating on me. Regardless, this whole shit is going to come to an end when my car slides off the road on a snowy night and I hit an animal, which then bites me, and then I sleep for a full 24 hours, possibly more, and then when I wake up, oh, daddy, 
It's time to eat and fuck and fuck some shit up. And uh, possibly bang my boss's daughter, who is extremely hot. So, there's that. Uh, Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week and I will drop some knowledge on you, my friend. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this weekend, mates. Thank you very much for joining joining me and bearing with me during the solo show. Hopefully by next week I can clear the head lice out of here so I can get some people. And if not, you're stuck with me again, motherfuckers. Join me for uh, Plank Face next week here on uh, Cleaning Out uh, Tony's Tubi. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this show. That helps our visibility quite a bit. We do have a Patreon campaign running. Support.paddedroompodcast.com is where you find that link. $5 will get you control of the month of May. As well as a uh, Padded Room t-shirt and travel mug, if you're interested. And that being said, my friends, for Head Lice, Jason Harrell in Absentia, Buddy also in Absentia, Monica... Miss Monica chiming in this week. God bless her. I hope she's doing okay in in uh, Idaho, and I hope she does not have head lice. I don't think lice can live on Monica's head uh, just because of the amount of hair dye that she runs through that, that thing on a regular basis. Uh, zombie children, zombie Nazis, horror comedies, uh, priestly shapeshifters who can somehow channel their inner extinct lizard and uh clean up the town sans ninjas and the padded room podcast i'm afraid visiting hours are over